And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lita. All right, let's jump into our keyword news portion of the day. We're going to try to clarify some of these major headlines for our listeners. So this is our first pick of the day. Persuade the public. So President Yoon has issued a public message during a cabinet meeting that lasted more than 20 minutes trying to persuade the public of his push to mend ties with Japan, uh, considering the fact that there was a backlash from the public. What did he have to say? Right. Well, he said Korea and Japan must leave the past behind and move forward. He quoted Winston Churchill as well, saying, uh, if we open a quarrel between the past and the present, we shall find that we have lost the future, uh, one of his uh, quotes. And he also noted that historical disputes between the neighbors expanded to the economy as well. Of course, the UN administration is very focused ever since uh, the campaign on trying to boost economy uh, trying to get the private sector working with uh, the government and trying to boost um, uh, Korea's growth as well. And this is all part of the efforts to do that. You can also accuse the former president Moon Jae-in of inciting hostile nationalism, as he put it, and anti-Japan uh, sentiment for political gains at home. And he said Korea-Japan relations are not a zero-sum game in which one gains and the other loses by that much. He stresses that uh, the two countries' ties must become a win-win relationship where the two sides can gain more by uh, working together. And he added that Korea and Japan will swiftly restore consultative bodies uh, discussing um, common interests as well. He also emphasized the importance of cooperation with Tokyo in the face of uh, escalating Sino-US rivalry as well, as well as global supply chain disruptions. Uh, North Korea's uh, weapons testing and threats. Um, regarding his government's decision to compensate forced labor victims through this controversial public fund, he said it was the best compromise under the given circumstances. And he also said his government will move to uh, put Japan back on Korea's white list of trusted trading partners. And he called it crucial for bolstering supply chains in key areas. And he voiced confidence that Tokyo will do the same if Seoul makes the first move. Now, meanwhile, Seoul has fully restored its military intelligence sharing pact known as Jisomia with Tokyo. The foreign ministry said it uh, had notified Japan through diplomatic channels of its decision, uh, completing basically a technical process. Hmm. And also the foreign minister Park Jin also says uh, Korea will work to arrange a visit by the Japanese prime minister hmm. Fumio Kishida to Seoul this year, which will be interesting to see. And uh, we'll have to see what kind of reception he'll get coming to Korea. All right, we'll leave it there so we can move on to our second keyword of the day. Emissions. So Korea will give major industries a, a slightly easier target to curb emissions under new plans for climate action that emphasize the use of nuclear power. So Korea is to ease emission reduction targets for firms by expanding nuclear energy use. What's the latest? Mm. Right. So the government lowered the 2030 industrial carbon reduction target from the previous 14.5% to now 11.4%, but it has maintained basically the overall target to reduce total emissions by 40% by 2030 compared with the 2018 levels. So basically the end goal is the same, but how we get there mm. has changed a little bit. And the government cited difficulties in supply of raw materials and technology prospects as a reason for the adjustment. Uh, of course, we are living in tough times, so I think that's where the adjustment came from. Now, while the industry welcomed the target adjustment, the private sector 
said that the 11.4% as well uh, remains an ambitious goal. Um, now, in contrast, the target to reduce emissions in the renewable energy sector will be raised to just under 46% from the 2018 levels by 2030. The previous target was 44.4%. Now, to meet the total target by 2030, the government will increase energy production by nuclear power plants, something that uh, President Yoon has been touting for a while. Now, the government will provide also more financial support to help companies commercialize their technologies uh, to cut greenhouse gas emissions, and also a public hearing for the government's draft on the national plan for carbon mm. neutrality will be held uh, today, in fact, uh, and a long-term basic plan is scheduled to be finalized uh, sometime next month. All right, let's move on to our third keyword of the day. Chips Act. So the U.S. says it will tighten restrictions on new operations in China by chip makers that get federal funds to build in the U.S. This provides some relief to Korean chip makers, but the act itself is still, of course, a blow to them. Yeah, some being a very small sum <laughs> relief to these Korean chip makers, of course. A little bit of relief, but uh, considering how much business they do in China, certainly mm-hmm. uh, is not the most of welcoming news uh, in terms of the whole act itself. Now, the act will limit to 5% the expansion of semiconductor manufacturing capacity in China uh, for companies that receive U.S. funds. Uh, the U.S. Commerce Department said the move was to stop recipients from constructing new or expanding existing leading-edge and advanced technology facilities um, in these so-called countries of concern. So it doesn't just apply to China, but mm. it also applies to Russia, Iran, and North Korea. But considering how big of a market China is for right. uh, Korea chip makers, the likes of Samsung Electronics and SK Hynix, uh, they certainly are still um, concerned with the Chips Act, or Chips and Science Act, as it's fully known. Uh, it was earlier feared... Uh, that the act may limit Korean companies from producing new and more advanced semiconductors in China. Mm. Um, There seems to be some relief from the firms of the fact that they have avoided the worst case, which Mm. would be a 0% expansion, Mm. but uh, it is a 5% expansion nonetheless. Um, Now, the US also says it will not restrict upgraded technologies that result in expanded production of um, wafers as well. So that's another area of some relief for the (sighs) Korean companies. But of course, the government here, as well as these uh, private firms, are still working to try to make more compromises Mm -hmm. um, for the CHIP Act, as well as the Inflation Reduction Act as well. I mean, of course, their ultimate goal will possibly be have them uh, scrapped altogether, but that seems an unlikely uh, scenario. <laughs> so uh, they're trying to find as much compromise and relief as they can. Mm. All right. So more on that front. Uh, let's move on to our fourth keyword of the day. China-Russia summit. So China's President Xi Jinping has held a summit with his Russian counterpart, Vladimir Putin, to discuss various issues. It's a three-day summit. Um, what came out of the first two days of the meeting? Right, so many eyes were on it uh, because, of course, uh, we could, we could uh, get some signs of what uh, they uh, on their stances on the Ukraine war right, and also right. relations with the U.S. These are two of the uh, what U.S. is the biggest rivals. So, uh, of course, eyes were keen uh, on what they had to say. C uh, said he signed an agreement with Putin, bringing their ties into what it called um, what he called a new era of cooperation. 
The two leaders also called for responsible dialogue to resolve the Ukraine crisis as well. Uh, the pair also discussed growing trade, energy and political ties between the two nations. Um, a joint statement included accusations against the West as well, as expected. It said that Washington was undermining global stability and that NATO was barging into the Asia-Pacific region. Mm. Now, on Ukraine, Putin praised C for a peace plan that he had proposed last month and blamed Kiev and the West for rejecting it. Now, mm. I won't go into too much details of what that peace plan was. Uh, now, C said his government was in favour of peace and dialogue and that China was on the right side of history and he again claimed that China had an impartial position on the conflict in Ukraine, seeking to cast Beijing as kind of a, a potential peacemaker, if you will. Mm. But responding to the meeting, the White House said China's position was not impartial and urged Beijing to pressure Russia to withdraw from Ukraine's sovereign territory to end the war. Um, this comes amid concerns that in the West, especially, that China might prov uh, provide military support uh, for Russia right. um, in its uh, invasion of Ukraine. Now, a joint statement released by China and Russia after the meeting stated that the close partnership between the two countries did not actually constitute a military uh, political alliance. So mm. it seems to be rejecting the notion that China uh, will be providing military support to uh, Russia. Um, but of course, we'll have to see if those words buy true. I mean, it is a proxy war and China has been careful to position itself for maybe uh, collaborating with China on the economic front. I mean, with the chips restrictions, they've lifted them. And it seems mm -hmm. that there are grounds for China to reach out to Russia or places of mutual interest and collaboration. But it's also true that China China shipped more than I, I heard $12 million uh, worth of drones. And I wonder if that could be potentially interpreted as something that could be used in the military, too. So we'll have to wait yeah. and see, as you've said. Uh, mm -hmm. For now, it seems uh, China has decided which side they're going to stand on. And so has Japan, yeah. because Japan's Prime Minister Fumio Kishida visited Kiev in a surprise visit. So these... Mm -hmm are the latest, so we'll keep tabs on what's happening in Ukraine as well. Let's move on to mm -hmm. our final keyword of the day. More restrictions lifted. So we're talking about the COVID restrictions at home. More COVID-19 restrictions are being lifted, including uh, those that were held at daycare centers. So what's the latest, Anna? Right, so uh, basically partitions uh, <laughs> will be removed. Uh, they were mandatory, especially when eating, of okay. course. Uh, uh, so you could see these partitions, clear, transparent ones uh, in the classrooms of daycare centers, separating these kids uh, who uh, love to talk to each other and play when uh, they are eating. But so it's now become a kind of a, uh, up to the daycare's discretion, daycare okay. center's discretion. So uh, there could be places where these partitions are still up. Uh, and some that uh, have been removed. This is all up to the daycare centre in question. Now, the temperature checks uh, that were in place will also be scrapped as well. They were done um, twice uh, a day. As, or, yeah, they, are. they were done twice a day for staff and children, but now it's just uh, uh, been scrapped. Mask wearing uh, had been lifted as well, uh, but was strongly advised. Um, ventilation will be required once every two hours from the previous once every one hour. Uh, and if a child is infected with uh, COVID-19, then staff there could take measures uh, to treat him or her. Uh, and there's a bit more flexibility into the way mm. these uh, children are isolated and treated. 
Um, private academies for the older age groups as well are also getting risks, uh, rid of mask wearing and returning uh, to basically uh, similar to pre-pandemic uh, norms. But <laughs> of course, uh, many of these restrictions have been lifted, but of course, many of these private academies, especially, you might see a lot of students still wearing their masks, still a, a lot of daycare centers with these partitions up. Uh, and we mm. can see that with public transport, yes, they were lifted at the beginning of the week, but we still see <laughs> the majority of people wearing face masks in on public transport, which could be a wise move, uh, considering it's a uh, bad air quality nowadays. But... Um, <laughs> I'm keeping mine off because I like to breathe. It's the better. <laughs> <laughs> to each their own. We have options. But it, I was also pleasantly surprised to see that most people still kept their face masks on. I, the air quality probably has something to do with it, too. Thanks, Adam. Yeah. I'll see you tomorrow. You're very welcome. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.